0: Welcome to Geocache Adventures, the podcast where we explore everything geocaching. I'm your host, ShadowDragon1. I love geocaching. If you're listening to this, you probably love it too. If you enjoy the podcast, consider sharing it with somebody that you think would love it. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and there's a Facebook group as well, so you can join in the fun and share your adventures. There's also a Patreon page that you can join and unlock exclusive content. Hey everybody, Amy, Shadow Dragon one here. One of my favorite things about the podcast is the cash highlight at the end of most episodes. Sometimes it's me sharing a cash that I have found. Most of the time it's a guest sharing a cash that they have found or sometimes hidden. And I really love that part of the podcast. So I thought it would be fun to put together a cash highlights reel. So here are some cash highlights from season four. And you can find links to each of them in the show notes page. So you have a cash highlight for us. Yes. And it is GC8TYGG. And that is called DNF Magazine's Best DNF? Yep. Okay, explain this one to me.
1: Okay, DNF Magazine is a local YouTuber uh vlogger whatever you want to call him okay and he was the one that i actually talked to the, about, about doing a liar's cash segment and he he never came back with anything but uh he created this liar's cash out in a, a suburb of peoria illinois and we hit it on the way to a unofficial geo tour in kewanee illinois and like I said, it's, it's right there on the cash page. This is a liar's cash. This is how you do it. And, and I just had a ball. In fact, if anybody wants to look it up, it was uh September 30th of 2020 was my log. So have a good time with that. Sorry. Same shameless, shameless self-promotion there. but <laughs> um, It was a lot of fun because it was one of those caches where you get in there and me and my buddy are looking around. It, it's at a park. First of all, it's in a park, not not widely used park.
2: Okay. It's one of those
1: parks that are kind of forgotten and they're trying to try to re it and get it going again whatever. So it's it's in there and we're looking. Well, there's this bear tree. There's this mound of dirt. There's these really old like landscape timbers. I mean, there's nothing to look at there there's a, there's a shelter, but it's like 50 feet from the coordinates. So we're like, well, we'll give it a shot. And we step out of the car and it was, it's like I said earlier, you look down and oh my gosh, there it is. This can't be right. This is way too easy. (laughs) (laughs) So we pick it up, we do our thing and we put it back where it was. And, and I told my buddy, I said, you, you know, this is a liar's cache, right? He's like, what's that? Okay. He obviously didn't read the description. so <laughs> I'm filling him in and he's like, Oh, well, I'll go ahead and log that. I'll update it later. Hey, like you said. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm going to write something, but it's going to take a while. So I'm not even going to draft it. I'm just going to wait until we go for lunch and I'll write it up there. And sure enough, Before we even had our meal, I had the whole darn thing typed up, ready to go. (laughs) Granted, it's not the two thumb, you know, micro, you know, machine guy. Just, (laughs) I, it took a while because, of course, I got sausage fingers, but I got it out and it's like, cool, I'm, I'm good. Send. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as I know, my buddy never did put a log in. Oh, I said, I, I met him. I met him like a few weeks after. I said, "Hey, did you ever put that log in for the liar's cash?" He's like, "Nope." I'm like, I'm "Going to?" <laughs> nope. I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "I just can't think of anything to say." I'm so sad for you. Okay, whatever. <laughs> moving on.
0: <laughs> uh, see, I I have been accused of having an overactive imagination many times in my life. I still get that accusation, as you may have guessed from the whole giant toad conversation Are you a Walter Mitty? Are,
1: are you a Walter Mitty?
0: <laughs> I, I feel like for somebody like me, this is just, this is that creative outlet. This is something to give you that opportunity to just shine. <laughs> so for Cash Highlights, and you shine we came do, with don't? two, shine we do. which is awesome because I don't think... I've ever had an earth cache highlighted before. Ooh. That I can think of. So having two is is even better. So let's start with the first one. Let's start with your hide. GC7V6GC. And that was called Fraser River Plume. Is that correct?
3: The Fraser River Plume, yes.
0: Okay. What is this?
3: So the the Fraser River is the main huge river that empties out uh, the part of British in the part of British Columbia where I live into the Salish Sea. And uh, it has uh, quite a amount quite a large amount of sediment that it moves out and that creates a really interesting unique uh, phenomena that you can observe. but you can only really observe it either from way up in the air in a plane. And I've had a number of people who've actually logged it and and successfully logged it from a plane. Or more often, people will log it from a BC ferry, which crosses the Fraser River Plume line uh, on the, the Nanaimo route and sometimes on the Victoria route, but definitely usually on the Nanaimo route. Okay. And so it's it's a, a terrain five because you need to have a boat or a plane to uh <laughs> to to log it. Um
0: seems like and, a fair rating.
3: And, yeah, and and so it has a uh, kind of an interesting, uh, I, I think an interesting description and, you know, you need to read through it and understand it. And what I ask people to do in there is in their, so of course, like every earth cache same as a virtual, you know, I, I have questions. I want you to just email me the answers. Please don't, you know, post those answers with your log. But then I do have some things. I ask people post a picture of the, of the plume line as you cross it. And I've seen some remarkable pictures. The color distinction is so vivid. Um, Particularly in the summer of when people cross it, that it's just amazing to see some of some people's photos. And then I also ask people in your log uh, send or include the coordinates you were at when you crossed it because it it moves. It's not always in the same spot. So I put it at sort of an average location, and I tell people like you're going to have to watch for this on your ferry ride or on your boat ride because you'll you'll know it when you see it, but you won't necessarily. hit it at these coordinates, but you got to put it somewhere. Right. So, um, so people have a lot of fun with it. And what's really neat is that I can collect all the coordinates in the logs and I can plot, I've got a spreadsheet where I'm kind of plotting, where does it move to? So where do, oh. are different people crossing the, the plume? So it's oh, really neat. neat. I can see at different times a year where the, 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 the edge of the plume is. So it's a lot of fun that way.
0: Oh, that's neat. So you've got a graph in Excel that's that's showing that?
3: Yeah, I mean, the graph, the graph it's not really graphed because it's coordinate. So what I do is I just have a spreadsheet of them, but then I plot the coordinates on a map. Yeah. And that allows me to to see where those would be.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I like that. So I'm guessing, of course, as you said, the time of the year is going to make a difference. But if I had to guess, I would say, each season for each year, you're going to have typically probably somewhere around the same variation of change?
3: You would think so, but it's been really interesting because it doesn't always because there's a lot of other factors that come into play. Now, I don't want to give away the answers, in <laughs> but um, you would think it would be like, oh, in the spring, it'll be here. In the fall, it'll be there. In the summer, it'll be here. But it doesn't exactly work that way. It's quite fascinating. Huh. It's a lot of factors at play.
0: That's really neat. Very cool. Uh, how did you come across that location to put a, did you just happen to be on the ferry and go, Oh, Hey, look at that.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where it started. And what's kind of funny is, um, we had, uh, Mrs. Monkey and I, we, we take the ferry. We've been taking the ferry for years and years and years, basically our whole lives, um, going back and forth to Vancouver Island and the mainland. And and we had seen this before and we thought, well, that's really cool. What is that? So we had done some research. And like, oh, that's what that is. And then it was a, you know, once we started playing geocache, it was like, that would make a really good earth cache. I'm like, oh, how would we do that? So then took some time to do a little more research. Like, okay, what would you ask questions about? How would you make this an earth cache? I actually consulted with one of the geowares that I know and said, Can I do this? Can I do that? And got some some feedback, which was really helpful. By the way, that's another thing. geowares. Are very happy to answer questions and help provide you a little direction. If you've got an idea and you want to say, can I make an earth cache on this topic? And they'll they'll be able to give you a little more direction. So that's another good tip. Um Okay. But yeah, so we had, we had observed it for, and, and, and I can't remember how many more trips back and forth it was, it was like, like, okay, take a measurement here. I'll take, and then we're, <laughs> we're noticing, wow, this really moves. So that's when we decided, okay, we're going to kind of average out where we put the coordinates and we'll tell people, yeah, gotta watch for this. So, so yeah, it was a, it was, a, it was nice. quite a process uh, to put it together. A lot of, in, a lot of interesting learning, all the science behind that particular earth cache is very accessible. It's not a really complicated topic, but it's really interesting.
0: That's really cool. So for the second cache highlight, this is one that you found. Yes. And it's GC2Q4WB and it's Devil's Bath Cenotes?
3: Cenote. Cenote,
0: okay, it's close. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Um, It was... Yeah gosh, I, I found over 700 earth caches. so It was really hard to pick one because <laughs> I love most of them. And, and so many of them are on unique topics. We've found earth caches on you know, waterfalls and caves and mines and fossil beds and beaches and shorelines and volcanoes and landslides and glaciers. There's so many fascinating things, but cenotes are, are uh, a rather unique and interesting um, piece of geology uh, for folks who've um, spent some time in um, uh, the Caribbean, or uh, Florida has some cenotes. Uh, Cuba has quite a number, um, but but a lot of the Caribbean islands, uh, uh, Mexico, Mexico has a lot of cenotes as well. So um, they may be familiar with what this is, but it's it's basically a bowl shaped um, hole, <laughs> usually filled with water. Um, in the earth, but it's it's quite often very even, very um very regular in shape. and um the the one that uh, that I chose, um the devil's bath, is just a really unique location. So like I said, normally they're in tropical areas is where people are accustomed to seeing them because of the the large percentage of limestone um that needs to be there to. Uh, to make the successful okay. uh, formation of a cenote. But, um, upper Vancouver Island has a large exposed area of limestone. And so not a lot of people know this, but in upper Vancouver Island, quite out in the, in the wild, there's this one's quite near a, a community called Port Alice. Um, there is a, what they call karst geology, um, which is that the limestone-based geology that allows the formation of these things, and um, oh. I, I included a, a link for you as well for a, a little YouTube, a short YouTube video I filmed um, uh, with drone footage of that cenote. Um, it's it's quite remarkable to see it, and it's huge. So uh, when you go there, there's an observation platform you can go up and and make your observations and 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 take a look, and it's a spectacular thing to see. And then it's really interesting to understand how it was formed. And then I found it quite fascinating to say, wow, something that I had seen when I was in Cuba and, and Florida and, and in the Caribbean and Mexico, and now I'm seeing it way up north here in Canada. Like, wow, I was not expecting that. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: That is pretty cool. And I will definitely link to that video in the show notes for anybody that wants to check it out because it is a neat video. It. Thank you. It, this stuff, the stuff that geology a lot of times we just think of it fossils earthquakes and stuff but there's really so much more to it as you've mentioned earlier and it gets to be really fascinating when you start to realize that oh like the cenote it's only you know it's typically you're supposed to find this in the tropic oh, wait a minute there's one in canada that that Canada does not scream tropics, so <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> it's interesting how uh, the Earth can throw a curveball at us in a scientific form and go, "Yeah, I'm just going to plop one of these here today." And
3: exactly, yeah, it often does. That's that's part of the fun of Earth caches.
0: For today's cache highlights, you have mm-hmm. for us the Mississippi. Geo tour and that's g t four b f
4: yes that's the Hattiesburg geo tour um and it, you know, getting a geo tour in your area is is kind of a big deal
0: yeah i mean it, it is. really
4: is all the planning that you had that those guys have to go through and yeah just getting everything lined up I couldn't uh, imagine putting one of those together, but um I don't live very. I don't live far from Hattiesburg at all. It's only like twenty five minutes. I've got several videos that are in Hattiesburg. Um, in fact, I'm supposed to do a video for them, you know, finding caches and things like that. It's, but I I haven't been able to. But Hattiesburg is such a it's such a nice I guess town. I, you know, when I, if I say city, I think of skyscrapers and stuff. But um, you know it's a it's a big town. It's a decent sized town. I don't know the population, but it's a very eclectic mix of um of st- of people and businesses and things because we're not far from the Gulf Coast. We're not far from New Orleans. We're not far from you know Alabama. It's Memphis. So it's just kind of this nice conglomeration of of uh, cultures and stuff and um, the geo tour which I've done about half of it. Um I just kind of picked some up when I was driving by. Okay. Um there there's some really cool creative geocaches that are on it. I've I've had a couple on my my TikTok and a couple on my Instagram. Um and I know that a couple of more are really cool cuz I've been to them but I didn't log them or anything. I didn't sign it. And you really get to see a lot of what Hattiesburg has to offer, um, as far as the food, the people, um, several different businesses, the downtown area is just, it's, it's beautiful down there. It's, um, they have a a public art trail, which includes, um, murals. They have over a hundred, they're on some list of a city of a hundred murals or something. I forget what it's called. Yeah. and And they're beautiful. Um, there's uh part of the art trail is sculptures downtown that are really nice. I've visited several of those. They have part of another part of the trail that you know the electric junction boxes on corners, you know what mm, I'm talking about yeah they're they're painted up and there's like of those or something. I forget how many and um you can do that. They're always doing neat activities downtown, really family oriented stuff. Um, you can't beat the food, uh, and, and I'll tell you that right now. The food in Hattiesburg is spectacular—not like the chain places, but the, you know, the local mom and pop shops. It's just—it's fantastic. The art trails are nice, and there's also a Rails to Trail in Hattiesburg. So it's it's um it's called the uh, Hattiesburg Trail. No, what's it called? I just call it the Trace, and I don't remember the actual name for it. But it's it's an old rail line that was okay. you know paved, and it goes from Hattiesburg, kind of northwest to Prentice. It's like forty two or forty four miles long.
0: Wow. Um.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So bike riding, walking, um, you know, walking the dogs, and several sections of it have a, a a horse trail alongside it, so folks that ride horses can ride the trail. But Hattiesburg just is is so cool. You've got Camp Shelby, which is um uh, one of the larger military bases. I know a lot of the military training for the country goes on at Camp Shelby, and there's a couple of caches there, but, uh, they've got a really nice military museum there. Um, it's a really, really cool place. I was actually pretty close to it the other day, and there's just boom, boom, you know they're they're doing training out there, so. yeah, but uh the geotour is is really, really nice. Um, I think it's got, um, I was going to try and look and see. I think it's got over a hundred logs on it already and it just released in December. And most of the folks are saying that it's the best geo tour that they've done. So So, that's
0: pretty awesome.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I've only done two geo tours and I already know everything in Hattiesburg. So I'm just kind of like, well, what's, you know, we'll see what's special about it, but is it's just a really cool place to visit, so.
0: Have you completed the Geo Tour or just done part of them?
4: I've just done part of it. It's just been some of the outliers. Okay, if yeah. Kinda, if they're kind of where I might be driving that day, I will pick one up. But um, pretty soon, I'm hoping to go finish it out and, and, and do a video um, to try and, you know, do those guys some justice on that one but I can't wear my hat so oh <laughs> yeah it's the cause branding my hat, issues yeah well my hat uh it's a Mississippi State hat and, you know I went to State but that's not Hattiesburg Hattiesburg right. is USM so they're just like, I ah, don't wear the hat, and I've got a a geotour hat. I think it's in my car. So they're like, here, wear this. <laughs> okay, I'll wear I'll wear your hat instead. Cause that's it, fair. I th- yeah, they I, I guess they want to use use it to you know kind of promote the the geocaching in Hattiesburg. So which
0: that's pretty. I was neat. just like, well,
4: yeah. I was like, wow, thanks. I, I I my videos aren't that good, but okay. <laughs> you're not i'm just goofing around well
0: i think that's that's part of the fun of it because you are goofing around and they like i've laughed at so many of your videos just because you're out there just having fun and being goofy and the antics that you do yeah
4: (laughs) Yeah, that i think that's the only that's the biggest thing i get out of it i i don't care how many subscribers or followers i have so what the few i have watch me. Did you giggle a little bit? <laughs> that that that's the world to me. Is, is just making folks just smile. So,
0: well, you have a couple of cash highlights for us today. Nice highlights, yes, yes. I love love multiple ones. So the first one I have written down here was GC HWPC.
2: Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, Hotel Whiskey Papa Charlie. That uh I think. If I had to pick one cache, that was my favorite cache of all time. If if it wasn't this one, this one's really far up the list. I I often think of this and describe this as my my favorite cache. I found this cache in November of two thousand four when I'd only been caching for a couple of months. It was one of the first caches that I took my family with me on, and my kids were little at the time, and we have such great memories finding this cache. It's called Captain Wapato's Treasure Hunt it's in Wapato Park in Tacoma Washington here and guess what it's a multi much <laughs> you like multis where oh we started my. this conversation i love multis. <laughs> i have i have uh, i have grown to know the cash owners of this the holders of this as good friends over the years but i didn't know them at the time yeah, they're a family hidden by uh, team noltex is the name that they cash by as a team as a family and they put together this this little story about, and it's all written in pirate speak, you know, arg, and the whole nine yards. But you go to a place in the park, and boy, they went far enough as to metal stamp numbers into brass plates and mount them in the park. It wasn't just like a Sharpie pin in the back of a roadside or something. And I saw that and I thought, wow, this is really well done. And Wapato Park has a lake in it, Wapato Lake, oddly enough. And they set the multi cache up to take you all the way around the perimeter of the lake. There's a hiking jogging trail around the perimeter of the lake oh, okay. anyway, so it's not like you have to bushwhack. And there's one down at a uh, boat ramp dock at one end of the lake, and there's one across a viaduct crossing at the other end of the lake. And the final location, and my friends that hit it said the location, the final is what he found first. And he said, I have to build a cache around this because I don't know if you remember, you're probably too young to remember, but back when I was a kid, you'd go to the park and there were these play structures to climb on. And they often had these little fort-looking structures you could climb up on. And there was a fake telescope. It was just a piece of pipe mounted on a swivel that you could look through. But boy, you were... Exploring the stars, or or piloting your captain your own ship, or whatever it was, and you're a kid, and there was one of these in the park, and it had been removed from active use and kind of shoved in the back corner of this lot close to a service yard, It was kind of all askew, but that doggone telescope was still mounted to the rail, and if you he, he took painted a line on it, so if you pivoted it until the red marks lined up and sighted through that telescope. You saw the base of a big tree and that's where the final was behind the tree. And I just thought this is really
0: oh, cool. Oh, wow. So yeah.
2: That was, that's still one of my favorite caches ever. That and sounds
0: really neat.
2: The really cool piece personally for me, fast forward over 15 years later, like I said, I, I know these people now, they're friends of mine. He came, I, I saw him, this was in 2021, I think. He says, I got something for you. I'm like, oh, what's that? And he said, yeah, we were we were walking the trail. And he said, I, thought, I wonder if that's still, even though the cache had been archived for years, sure enough, there's still one of the brass number plates mounted underneath a railing. on the, He said, so I got out my pocket knife and pried it loose. He mounted it on a wood plaque. <laughs> With the GC number and the name, and he presented it to me as and it's like an award. I, ha, I, I have it packed because, like I said, I moved and I don't have it out in display right now. But uh, that's it, it. Was really cool. The, the, that uh, is I have so a piece of, of the original number plaque from you know, Waypoint three of Captain Wapato's treasure hunt. So
0: that's pretty cool.
2: That's a cool one. Yeah, that's a cool one. I had a couple other ones. If you want to go through it, a couple other ones.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the. The next one I had was GCV is in Victor N is a Nancy three one,
2: right? And that was hidden a long time ago in two thousand six. And I'll go ahead and, and and also include the the final one because they're really the same cache. That's the GC- sequel? six, yeah six five, whiskey nine Victor W nine V. Both caches had the same name and the same final and the same location because they were the same build, he he found a, uh, it's kind of a park, a little woodsy area. Okay. That. And it was one of the first caches that I ever did at night. And if you've ever done caches at night, they can be a lot of fun. Almost always they're done with reflective tacks and you take your flashlight and you find the little glowing glints in the trees and you work your way down the trail. This one was called Control the Night because you used a television remote control. You could bring your own with you, or you could, in the the first waypoint and published coordinates, there was a Tupperware with an old TV remote in it. You just didn't know if the batteries were still going to be good. (laughs) But you, you hiked down this trail to a large clearing, and you stood in the middle of the clearing and you pushed the TV remote buttons as you slowly turned around and pointed it in the woods all the way around you, and when you found the right tree, there was an infrared detector that would cause a little red LED to light up. Oh. So you would know that oh, that's that's the tree. So a flashlight wouldn't help you in this condition in this situation. You had to use something that emitted infrared light like a TV remote. And then you would go to that tree, and on the back of the tree, there was one of those brass number tags with the coordinates for the next clearing and so on. And, and then the final location, you get to location and you you do your remote at the infrared only this time instead of lighting up a, a little light telling you where it was he had mounted a laser pointer up in the tree that shone across the clearing at another tree that had a the final up inside a hollow of hollow tree so oh, that was just wow such a cool cool thing but unfortunately technology out in the weather, it had problems and unfortunately like a lot of things, People would vandalize it, steal parts. Sad to say, so he archived the first one, and then years later, post uh, hit another one with the same theme, the same things, and kind of did a little. Uh, he he kind of built some metal boxes to protect the things more and mount them more. And somebody still wanted to steal one or two of them, and he said, I'm "Oh jeez, it's too it's too bad." But yeah, um, so that the first one was hidden in two thousand six. I don't know what data was that he archived it, but the second one was hidden in 2015. Sadly, they're both archived now, but uh, all those hidden by Team Noltec's local cacher to the Tacoma, Washington area, great fun. If you're out in the area, you can't do those caches, but I highly recommend looking for Team Noltec and uh, filtering by caches they've hidden because they hide quality caches.
0: Sounds like it. Those all sound yeah. like really cool especially the infrared with the tv remote i haven't heard of one like that before
2: i've never seen one like it since that was so so fun
0: you've been listening to geocache adventures with me shadow dragon one if you'd like to get in touch you can reach out to me on facebook instagram or go to geocacheadventures.org and you can find the information on the contact page theme music is by the travel bugs thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and pictures all submitted by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself and I love it. My favorite part is the little snippets on the edges of the articles on all the different pages. Those are my favorites. Just go to ftfgeo.com to check them out and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you.